Welcome again to It Doesn't Take a Genius, conversation with introspective perspectives and pithy points of view. Here are your hosts, my friends, Max and Marty. I think that's Mark and Mike. Yeah, whatever. Ramsey! Mr. Marshall, what a pleasure to see you again. Um, you're. I, I'm just going to say this for the crowd uh, that doesn't get to see our video. Uh, your background is classy and professional. It says 2020, very stylized, very modern. Um, we, we didn't really plan this, but uh, mine's the opposite. So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll reveal this as we, as we go further in. It's, it, has a, it has a purpose, but we'll, we'll talk about, about this as we go. Well, why do you have 2020 as your background? Well, well, 2020 was such a fabulous year. I couldn't bear to leave it behind. <laughs> so, okay, that's not it. So no, 2020 is, uh, we're going to talk about the 20 habits uh, for Marshall Goldsmith. And they're, you know, everybody gives you the 20 habits, you know, here's the things you need to do. One of the yeah. things I like about Marshall Goldsmith is he's real, he's real upfront about saying, here's some stuff you're doing. It's really annoying. Stop it. Yeah, right. you know, just, just quit doing these things. Don't be that guy. Right. And so he's taken that, that thought and he's turned it into 20 things that you should stop doing. I have seen him in, uh, you know, videoed, uh, recorded uh, live sessions where he, you know, challenges his client to uh, donate money to a charity that's important to them every time they do one of these habits. And he catches them like five times during the session doing it, you know, $500, $700, you know, it's just, just the, the bill is racking up. But, but what's so powerful about this, I think, and, and you and I both, you know, use this with clients is our clients are often um, trying to improve something in their team or in their situation or what have you. And it's so easy to focus on, you know, what Stephen Covey would say are the, are the things that are of concern to you, might even be something you can influence. But how about control? What's under your control? And these are habits that are 100% under your control. They happen to be, you know, his, his subtitle for this list of uh, the 20 bad habits is challenges in interpersonal behavior. Mm -hmm. Interpersonal. It's all about relationships. All of my clients eventually say something like that to me. Our business is a relationship business. You know, the, the teams, it's just all about relationships. Uh, when they say communication, they really mean relationships often. And so here are 20 bad habits. You eliminate these habits and you have solved a lot of your problems, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, an HR professional told me one time, they said, we, we hire people for their hard skills, their ability to do the job, and then we fire them for their lack of soft skills. Right. And so, yeah, you can do the job, but if you make everybody else around you insane, we can't have you on the team anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So these are like the list of 20 things that make people insane, that, that make it impossible for us to either not keep you on the team right. or they impede your ability to lead a team. Uh, and, and, you know, they're, they're, they're simple when you hear them, more difficult to do. Uh, right. But I think uh, anybody who reads this list will find that there's some that, that truly hit home and, and, and hurt a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, uh, so <clears throat> we'll talk about sort of uh, the implementation of, of uh, anything you might do with this list as we go, but we're going to do this over four parts. 
uh, sort of hit five habits, five bad habits at a time. And um, something you might just uh, sort of consider is, you know, what's my biggest opportunity here? And then what do you think your boss, your coworkers, your direct reports, your family, uh, your church body uh, that you belong to, what, what would they say is your biggest opportunity? So we'll, we'll go through five at a time over four episodes and uh, just you, you might start thinking along those lines of, of what's the biggest opportunity here from the list. Yeah, yeah. if you handed the list to your, your friends or coworkers, which one would they circle about you? Yeah. They, oh, yeah. yeah, this one. Yeah, you right. This. <laughs> and if you're bold, go do that, right? Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so, so should we get into this? Let's do it. Number one. Winning too much. Winning too much. Uh, he says the need to win at all costs and in all situations. That's what we're fighting here. Is this, I mean, I thought co competition was healthy. Isn't it good to be a competitive person? Well, the, the, the first thing that comes to mind when you read it is it's comical and ironic that it's number one, <laughs> right? Because it's the best one. It's by far and away of the 20. It's the strongest one and should be number one, right? And it needs to win. It should always win. I don't care how you sort the list. If you threw it up in the air when it fell down, this one would be number one. <laughs> and so, yeah, you see those, you see those people that, 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 yeah, they, they, and, and we always say this, and it's not true. We say they just can't help themselves. They always have to one up, right? They always have to, you know, and, right. and, and in certain circumstances, right? When I saw this one, the, the first thing I thought of was the adage of if the team wins, they did it. If the team loses, it's my fault as the leader, as the coach. Mm. And so with this one, right, 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 it's, it's all about, me, I gotta win. me, yeah, on, I'm on top, I'm winning, it's all about me and that type of thing. So, yeah. so there are times where somebody else is, is reveling in some glory, right? and it may be exactly what they need at yeah. that moment, and it's okay, right? It's okay not to, yeah. to go beyond that. Yeah, I, I've seen this uh, show up in a couple of ways, and one is sort of uh, uh, just like a quirk, but it really gets on people's nerves, which is um, literally anything you say, they've had an experience with it that's greater. And we, we all know this guy, right? Uh, you know, I, I uh, you know, I, I uh, you know, I, I saw some deer behind my house. We have a herd of deer behind my house. So it's, it's a herd. Um, yeah, I, I uh, it's, it's wild. Sometimes they'll come right up to the bird feeder I've literally fed them from my hand. You know, it's, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's not important. You can sort of roll your eyes internally and move on. But that guy's not fun to work with. You know, he, he's not fun to be around because he never is actually listening to you. Going back to our uh, last conversation, you know, there, there are no follow-up questions. He just wants to tell you about how great he is. So that's the, the, the quirky way I've seen it. But I've also seen the guy who, you know, and, and I will say they're they're often really good at sales in some ways, but every conversation they're trying to close you. You know they're going to win the conversation and convince you that they were right, um, and that's a hard way to manage because people eventually check out of whatever it is you're trying to convince them of. 
Well, it, I think it shows a you know a lack of engagement in that conversation. Right. And, and like we, we talked about the last episode, which was 43, the the <laughs> opportunity to to have a give and take and yeah. to demonstrate that I'm listening and that I'm interested in more than just myself. Right. And so this one this one negates all of that. Yeah. You know, and, and you're right. And and it goes back to what we're talking about. I don't want to, if they're my leader, I don't want to be on their team. And if they're a coworker, I don't, I don't want to be on their team. <laughs> yeah. So you might notice as we keep going here that self-centeredness and selfishness might play a role in some of these habits, just slightly. Yeah. So. And we might say also that um one of the reasons we share this is because we see things on the list that you and I personally are working on. And, <laughs> oh yeah. So, That's right. so yeah, don't think we've mastered all 20 and are now sharing the wisdom from the mountaintop because no, we're, yeah. we're right here working on it with you. And, and if you meet that guru, run away. That's what I would offer to you. That, that guy you don't want to listen to. Oh, definitely not. All right. Number two. Number two, adding too much value. And uh, Goldsmith says about this, it's the overwhelming desire to add our two cents to every discussion. Just oh, all I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. And I also think that, you know, he could have said it better. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, yeah, the adding too much value, you know, the, the, you know, add every two cents worth. And there again, it goes back to, to making people feel valued. If somebody shared something that's a really good point and they've, and they've, they've summed it up, let it stand. Let yeah. them have their moment. They're you know, like, like, you know, for me, if I have that moment, it may be the only one I have, you know, in this conversation. Yeah. So just let me have it. You know, right. you'll have great points to make afterwards, but, it, but it's okay. And it kind of goes it, to me that this one tied in with the first one, right? You don't have to win uh, every conversation or every contribution of value. Right. Right. I, I think uh, I'm often reminded when I think about this second habit of uh, our uh, dear uh, friend, colleague, mentor, Linda Mitchell, and she has a little uh, saying she uh, will uh, put, you know, on a note in front of her or one of her clients, W-A-I-T, W-A-I-T, wait, and it stands for why am I talking? You know, am, am I truly adding value to this conversation and building a relationship with this person or is this just about me? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I can't tell you how many times you you I've been in a meeting or or even even chatting online or whatever, and somebody just repeats what was just said. Yeah, yeah. Like we 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 covered that. We covered that's everybody got that. We're moving on, you know. But yeah, this need to I'm going to add value by doubling down on what was just said, maybe changing it slightly. Yeah, I will say this. I will say this, some industries are really prone to habit number two more than others. I've, uh, I've worked with some clients in higher ed. I've worked with clients in the automotive field. Automotive, we tend to under communicate, frankly. Um, and then there are those one or two abusers of, of habit number two that you know become a, a, a real sore spot for teams. Uh, higher ed, you're paid to have an opinion and you give it about everything. And the, the email <laughs> threads are long and voluminous. So anyway, think about that as you as you think about your industry, you know, what, what kind of an industry are you and how does this play out uh, in, in uh, your line of work? So, all right, yeah. are we ready? Yeah, if, so, if somebody's dropped the mic, don't run over, pick it up and start talking more into it, <laughs> <laughs> right? It was dropped, it, was, it hit the ground, it was a great point. Let it stand. Yeah. Well, okay. So since you brought that up, 
if, if you've done any any bit of theater um you know a high school play or something like that you know that sense of the dramatic momentum of the moment mm-hmm. and even if you actually do have a good two cents to add you might find that it falls on completely deaf ears or that you are perceived as the wet blanket because that moment that that finale moment where somebody had the last word it really should be the last word because what you're going to add nobody's listening to anymore that that was so well encapsulated that they're ready to to just swallow that digest it and move on this can this can really backfire I have nothing to add to that. That was wonderful. What's, what's <laughs> okay. number three? <laughs> number three. You you have an interesting thought about this one. Passing judgment. Uh, so bad habit number three, passing judgment. The need to rate others and impose our standards on them. You got a thought about uh, what, what those standards say. <laughs> well, the, yeah, the, my first thought when I when I read this was was something I learned a while back and, and not that long ago was was that when somebody is is judging someone else, it tells you a whole lot more about the person doing the judging than the person being judged. Mm. And so you quickly understand uh, what are their fears, right. uh, what are their insecurities, what are the things that, that they value, things like that. So so the, the passing of judgment has nothing to do with the person you're passing judgment on. And mm-hmm. so we, we see that, that, you know, people, you know, I don't know why they don't do this or don't do that. All you're telling me is what's important to you. You're not explaining anything to me that's helpful about the person that you're talking about. Yeah. And, and then to, to further go with that, uh, you have uh, the uh, privilege and honor of being the father to a lovely young lady who is uh, college, uh, college age. And uh, like, like you can already tell, she's turned out well in so many ways. She's blossomed, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I have four that are young and I can hear them literally screaming right now, uh, hopefully not picked up by the mic. But you have some thoughts about um, comparison praise. Could you explain that idea? Yeah, this came to me uh, in, a, in a book from Sean Aker. And Sean mm-hmm. was talking about comparison praise and and, I, and what and this one hit me so hard it literally took my breath away because i've been doing it my whole life mm. so comparison praise is my daughter's out on the soccer field she comes off the field and i and i tell her you were the best one on your team you're definitely the best player on your team well there's a there's a backhanded compliment in there where we we've now said the rest of your team kind of sucks <laughs> <laughs> they're not that good and i've also you know you know inadvertently said if somebody shows up on the team better than you you're no longer the best <laughs> yeah right. you you were the best until you know you know riley showed up and now yeah you're not the best so right. so comparison praise right you're the smartest one in your class you're the prettiest you're all these things right. is, is comparison praise when what we should be doing is acknowledging the attributes, the specific attributes that made it special. Mm-hmm. You gave it 100% on when you're out on the field today. You, yeah. you, you caught up to the ball quicker than anybody. I saw you executing some of what the coach was talking about. You, you seem to be you know, doing a fantastic job with that. I, I thought it was impressive and good job. So uh, I've often heard it said that we judge others on their results, but we want them to judge us on our intentions. 
And uh, that's a little bit of what's going on here. If we can, if we can flip that around and um, instead of making these judgments about you were number one, you were, uh, you know, your, your results are, are what I like. Sometimes those results are not under your control the way habits are like these 20 that we're discussing here. And there are good habits. You know, you were diligent. You tried really hard. Um, this is, uh, you know, I, I feel like we're also referencing Generation Me, uh, the, the book about millennials. Uh, it's a phenomenal book. Um, but, but she talks about that, that, you know, uh, recognizing them for their effort instead of recognizing them as just, you're very smart. You know, that, that's a judgment call that uh, maybe, maybe isn't fair <laughs> to all the, all the different parties involved. So um, anything else on Habit 3? But just, you know, just think about, yeah, what are they, what are the activities that if they were done more would, would lead to success? Yeah. So in our soccer example, all right, using your left foot more, you know, in this game, you use your left foot, you know, quite a few times, fantastic job, passing the ball, right? You were, because we know if we master these activities, these activities will add up to success and and they will be, you know, whatever accolades that are to be earned, earned. Mm. And so, so yeah, just think about you know activities that lead to success. Let's talk about those and congratulate those. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Okay. Right, number four. Number four, making destructive comments. And Goldsmith says the needless sarcasm and cutting remarks that we think make us witty. Right. Well, we would like to meet the habit that I'm working on. We've we've arrived. Here it is. Yeah, you're doing a fantastic job. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and there's a word in there too that, 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 that he uses, right? That makes you sound sharp and witty. All right, and mm. so the word sharp goes directly to, and I, and I think it's a, an ancient Greek word. This is something Pamela Cole taught us that, that the, the root word is, uh, you probably know it, sarcasm or, uh, or something like that. I which, don't know which the root of this word, the actual definition is to wound and confuse. Mm. You know, it's to rip and tear flesh, yeah. right? Right, is, is what the word means. And so, and so Pamela, you know, she's really good at, and, and I took this to heart because this is something I've been working on diligently, is, is that when you use sarcasm, especially as a leader, all it does is it wounds people, all right? So, so you've now injured their psyche, you've now put them below the line, Yep. And you confuse them. I right. don't know if you're serious or not. You know, great job with your appointments. Okay, you just slap me around a little. And, and are you really upset that my appointments are low? Or were you just trying to be funny? I yeah. don't know. So now I'm, I'm wounded and I'm confused. And, and I don't know a lot about, you know, teamwork. But a wounded and confused team member probably is not a giant attribute to the team. Yeah. Okay. That was sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, the the uh, the time that I've seen this play out uh, literally uh, in that respect of confusion, um, there was a, a person in the workplace who really thought there should be a zero sarcasm policy. And you just say that out loud in a car dealership management meeting or a sales meeting and just watch the tears flow from the laughter. I mean, it's just, ah, sarcasm, no sarcasm, you'd shut us down, you know? And uh, so I, I repeated this to uh, a manager and the manager said, oh, you know, you know why, uh, you know why she doesn't want sarcasm? Because she doesn't get the joke. 
And, right. and I thought about that, you know, it, it, it was said in a way to be funny, but man, that's so true. And that was a valuable team member. So, mm-hmm. you know, are, are you willing to slow down your, your wittiness for the sake of making sure you have everybody on board? Um, I don't, I don't really know how uh, to implement this uh, other than you'd have to get everybody on board that this is going to be a policy. Um, but I think this is a tough one. And I think it really speaks to our modern age because we're, we are a jaded, sarcastic bunch of people. Oh, definitely, definitely. And I, I saw a group that, that tackled this and the, instead of calling it sarcasm, they called it zingers. Yeah. And so they had a zinger free zone and then they had, you know, same like when they were trying to quit cussing, they had the cuss jar and you had to put in money yep. every time you cuss, they had a zinger jar. Yep. And so Saturn they, stores used to do that. Yep. And so, yeah, they, they'd start to put in the money and then they'd use the money to, you know, buy a pizza for the, for the team members or right. whatever. So something magnanimous. Right. So, so, but all it did was it raised it, it and it worked from the standpoint of it raised awareness, it yeah. raised consciousness of, oh, I did it again mm-hmm. and I need to stop. And, yeah. and, and, and some managers, when you talk to them about this, they see it as a legitimate leadership tool. Yep. And so you have to break the mindset of this is only wounding and confusing people. It's not, they don't know if you're serious. They don't. And then when you are serious, they don't know if you're sarcastic, you know, to take your example of the right. lady, some people are very literal. Yeah. They don't get it. And right. so now I don't know. Okay. Now I'm trying to process this. Were you really being sarcastic or is this something that if I don't fix it, you're going to fire me? Yeah. I don't know. Right. You know, now I have to go ask other people. And if I ask you and you give me another sarcastic comment, I'm never asking you again. So, and, and here's a one final thought on this. This isn't your marriage partner. Okay. If, to, to combine a couple of these habits here, I have passed judgment on previous girls that I was considering dating by if they understood and laughed at far side comics. <laughs> now, it's not like I had a test where I, you know, passed them out. But I just know I was like, this is the kind of girl who doesn't get far side. I, I don't think we'd have a long term future. Now, look, that's that's because this is the person I'm going to live with who needs to get me and vice versa. But I've got a whole team of people around me that don't need to necessarily get my inner soul to work with. And so I need to be willing to meet them and have harmony with them in some way so that we can be a team. I think, I think this is a big one. Oh yeah. No, I, I think you're right. I think it's huge. And I'm not going to add any more value to what you just said. <laughs> so, I'm working on it, brother. I am working on it. All right. Number, uh, number five. Number five. Welcome to my uh, background. It is a picture that my wife sent me. Uh, she got in the van with all of our children and they were all giggling hysterically. And uh, she said, what, what have you done? And uh, one of my sons busted out with, <laughs> I wrote butt all over the back of the car, except he didn't uh, because he spelled it B-U-T, not B-U-T-T. So the whole of, of our, the back of our van is just a series of objections to the people behind us. But, 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 but I have to say, but, and uh, that's, that's uh, actually, that's, that's the habit five, starting with no, but, or however. Uh, the overuse of these negative qualifiers, which secretly say to everyone that I'm right and you're wrong. 
so so using no and but and however to basically just point out to everybody that you're right and they're wrong you, you know mark that sweater looks really good on you but <laughs> yeah yeah it's like oh here it comes oh yeah it, you know i i worked with this other group and and we called these we had a different term for it we called it verbal erasers oh that's good so, yeah. so it was a verbal eraser so so that sweater looks good on you mark but means right. we took out our, the butt is the eraser where we took out and then we erased the sweater looks good on you yep. Yep. <laughs> that is that is verbally erased and Language now I'm going to, really matters yeah now i'm going to tell you the truth i'm getting ready to lay some truth on you uh, <laughs> yeah 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 but it makes you look washed out and skinny uh, <laughs> you know it's like oh well what happened to good you know where'd that yeah. go yeah yeah it's it's so true and and uh i i do think that um this is part and parcel with the sarcasm we just mentioned because again uh we're confusing people with these words you know did we mean the first thing or the second thing we really meant both if we if we were uh sincere about this you know mark the sweater looks good on you and you need to know that um, it makes you really skinny so you might want to consider adding a jacket right you know whatever i i'm going with your uh analogy that you know maybe is a, a painful thing for everybody to even think about who knows sorry that you're having to think about me being dressed but there you go <laughs> yeah and for the record for those of you listening at home he is dressed so <laughs> So you don't need that in your head. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we've used it, you know, we used it in one training program where we were talking about, right, how do you, if you're comparing your salesperson and you're trying to talk about the competition, you, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there are a bunch of nice guys over there, but mm. you're right, you've, yeah, now I'm getting ready to, you know, you know, to trash the competition or I'm about to say I'm better than them. Yeah. And so what we worked on was what, okay, if you can't use but or no or however, how do you transition? And what we came up with is, you know, those guys are great. There are some important differences. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So, so yeah, no, but no, however, right. Just, just yeah. go into, don't, don't verbally erase what you just said. Just go and state whatever your next point is. I like it. Yeah. yeah that, 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 that car is absolutely wonderful. Uh, there are some differences, however. And some of the yeah. things that we do, you yeah. know, and so now I'm letting my first statement stand, my second statement also stand. So uh, with that approach, um, it's it's an unwritten and, right? I mean, it's it's uh, it, it's it's there in between the sentences. Um, do you think that people pick up on this? Do you, do you think that? Uh, that they're very conscious of the fact that you use that word a lot, or is this something that's so under the radar? It's just one little syllable that uh, they don't even realize you're doing it. The, the, I think they, they, they don't know what's happened, but it feels better. Mm. And so I think there, there's that. Uh, and, and so I think it's just a, you know, it's, it's, how does this feel? Right? That conversation yeah. felt, you know, non-threatening that I, I appreciate that person because he didn't trash, you know, something that I, you know, I'm maybe considering or already own. Right. Uh, and so, so that feels good. Uh, so I, I think it's also one of those things that you have 
no idea how many times you're saying it. Mm. You have you have no idea how many no's, buts, and however's you use on a daily basis. Yeah. And, and one I, of the things we worked on here is 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 having somebody else call it out to you. Right. You know, and then the person will say, say, well, I, I know I used it, but there was a good reason. Ah, ah, got you again. <laughs> it's, like, it's like even in your rebuttal. You used it again. <laughs> and, and, and that's that's really common. I apologize. My daughter has wandered upstairs. So for those of you viewing at home, um, this is Veronica. Say hi. Mm. Hi, Veronica. It's, that it's, is some mighty pretty hair you have there. <laughs> what do you say? Oh, yeah. I think, I think you just stare at your face in the camera. I understand. Oh, yeah. She's enamored with herself, which she should be at that age. <laughs> we don't tell her that but. oh okay uh, well okay so so we've got five of 20 habits that we've discussed here and I, I do really want to just say out loud that um they're habits but habits tend to spill out of your heart and so so this exercise can be somewhat painful um out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks uh some, something to that is uh said in the bible and i would just uh I would just say to people that I, I expect that this is, is this may be somewhat of a painful exercise to go through these four episodes if you take it seriously. But think about all the upside to this whole exercise, you know, to, to be in better relationships with all the people around you, they're going to trust you more. And what's going to happen when they trust you more? You're going to do more together, right? There's, there's, you're going to go further faster, as, as uh, I've heard it said. So, um, so that's just a, a final thought as we sort of wrap up this episode. Mike, anything that you want to throw in before we wrap this one up? Yes, and <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're right on the on the money. I would also say that if none of these five resonated with you, you went through these <laughs> right. five and you went, "Ha! I don't do any of those things. I don't know what they're talking about." Then stay tuned for the uh, episode part two, three, and four because we got 15 more of these. Not guarantee you, we're going to have one that just slaps you around a little bit. And in doing so, we don't mean to be mean, but we just want to provide you the opportunity to, to turn inward, introspectively yep. look at what you're doing and how you could do something less to be more. Yeah. The old Jewish proverb, faithful are the wounds of a friend. And if we have left you wounded after this episode, please uh, get in touch with us and we can we can work with you. When we wrap up all four episodes, we're going to talk about sort of uh, uh, ways that you can go about attacking these bad habits. But by all means, get in touch with us with uh, any thoughts you have about this episode or future episodes. So I guess with that, we're done. Yes, let's hear what our announcer non-sarcastically has to say <laughs> <laughs> and that's a wrap the musings of mark and mike no rights reserved etc feel free to share and discuss what you heard today even claim the ideas as your own <laughs> who'd want to do that see you next time on it doesn't take a genius thanks